Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Rogue Valley Role Players. My name is Ben. I'm here with Rosemary, Ed, Austin, and Nick. And, uh, yeah, we're back for another episode of Deadlands Reloaded. Once again, my name is Ben. I am the Marshal. I am running this shindig, putting the players through all manner of hell. My name is Rosemary. I play Deputy Rachel Jane Kennedy. She's a head singer. I'm Ed. I'm playing Daisy Gilmore, the weird scientist, but people call her Rail and Daisy because she shoots rail spikes into the heads of those that are evil. I'm Austin, playing Macario the Clown, and who's laughing now? Not many people. It's sad. Everything's sad. I'm Nick S. I'm playing Haru Matsuhara, the Samurai. So, uh, it's been a little while since, uh, we last picked up, or since we left off, rather. New Year's Eve has come and gone. The year is now 1885, but the history is not our own. Oh. And yeah, things just have not gotten better at all since, uh, since you brought the survivors from Boxar Ranch, um, and some of the Native American refugees back to Jacksonville. Um, people are going missing. It's just getting colder. The food is... It has to be brought in. Uh, nothing lasts in in town for very long. And it hardly... You know, no matter how much you eat when you can, it hardly seems to satiate. You're all... Everyone is just always hungry all the time. Um, and the monster sightings don't relent. And so it's been a good, hard month of almost constant fighting. On the bright side, um, I, did, I forgot to get to this in the last couple of sessions that we played, but after uh, Lan Hui discovered your condition, there have been some changes with the Iron Dragon Railroad, at least I was running the Rogue Valley. Uh, she immediately recalled all the uh, work camps that were trying to make progress on the spur line, even in the dead of winter, just totally abandoned that endeavor and increased patrols along the rails. Uh, she has people uh, keeping watch on the, the workers' camps and homes, making sure that uh, things are as safe as possible there. She doesn't give any information on what to look for, per se, but most people know that something is lurking Something unnatural is lurking in the woods. Uh, she has you, Haru, pulling a lot of night patrols because she knows that you... She now knows that you need very little sleep most of the time and you aren't troubled by the dark too much. So she's putting you to use as best she can. So that has kind of improved things, but not a whole lot. It's a good effort, but in vain, ultimately. Yeah, Haru, we kind of know how you've been coping with the, the famine, which is to say you're not troubled by it too much, although your your glutton that you're feeling almost seems to be intensified. I figured. Macario, what have you been doing since Don died and you returned to the Rogue Valley, or uh, to Jacksonville? 
Um, I think Macario's been in a state where he's just kind of trying to put one foot in front of the other and just make it. He, uh, you know, keeps that flower that was given to him close and, and looks at it every day to see if it fades again. It doesn't. And he's terrified that it will because it'll mean that whatever strange force has been helping him is, is just gone for good. Uh, he, he was kind of starting to think it had just abandoned him, but then when they received the flower, it was almost like, well... It's not gone, but I, you know, he still has a duty to do, yeah. and he, he's ready to get out at this point. But he's just, you know, he people that he cares about are, are here, and so he's he's just waking up each day, somehow getting out of bed, putting on all his winter clothes, trudging through the snow, trying to keep people safe, as difficult as it is. And are you staying back at your your ranch now, or are you still hanging out in the sheriff's stables? What I pictured with the ranch is that um, you had mentioned it had had like scratches on it. It's probably been, like, broken into. Windows have been smashed. Yeah. It's not completely ruined, but, like, the winter's creeped in. It'll have to be shoveled out. Things will have to be rearranged. So he hasn't been staying there. Okay, so you've still been staying at the sheriff's office. Yeah. I think, actually, at this time, those of you who aren't already a deputy or chief of railroad police have been deputized by Sheriff Ross. All right. Deputy Daisy. Yep, Deputy Macario. You've been staying at the uh, the sheriff's office because you just don't have anywhere else to go. I imagine there's not a whole lot of people need to go in jail anymore. No, uh, remarkably, the cells are empty. Daisy, what have you been up to in this month? Well, have the trains been running? Trains have been running. All right. Well, what's the news we're getting from these trains from people outside the Rogue Valley? Seems like business as usual outside the valley. Okay. Now, have been, there have been people leaving the Rogue Valley by train to get out of here to get to yeah. where food is? Okay, mm-hmm. good. So, yeah, I basically, yeah, now, especially now that I'm deputized. When the trains get into the valley, like, there are reports of monsters, like, coming after the trains and scrabbling at them. There's actually even been a few train robberies. Uh, the culprits in question got away. Um, which Lon Hui is none too happy about, but with the way things are, there's just there's just no way to track them. Mm-hmm. It's too dangerous. It's snowing, so as soon as they, you know, rob the train and ride out, their tracks are getting covered up. And it's just there's nothing that can be done about it. Okay, but the, yeah, at least people are leaving, getting like yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm mostly been doing doing what I can to help the people, like fighting the the creatures when they get to town. Healing people when they're injured, and like you know, definitely trying to like make atonement. Yeah, for, for my role in bringing You're all this on. Definitely making an impact. I mean, things just aren't getting better, but you are helping people. All right. And you're still staying in your home in Medford, right? Yeah, I figure that's like you know my jurisdiction is deputy. Now. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there is a marshal in Medford, uh, uh, but you're probably working directly for the sheriff. Yeah, the Jackson County Sheriff. Mm-hmm. Deputy Rachel. Are you still staying at your home? I was thinking about that. I don't know. I kind of pictured it a ways out into the woods. Yeah. So, uh, depending on whether or not there's space in the sheriff, she's probably staying at the hotel. She probably, like, told her sister, too, to pack up and come into town where it's safer. What yeah. sister? Her sister that she has, whose name is... Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. 
I'm kind of picturing Ben that Jacksonville is almost in a, like a medieval castle situation where everybody's trying to like squeeze yeah. together and yeah. try to sur- somehow survive this whole thing. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely thinking there's like tents in between. You know, there there used to be alleys in between the buildings and stuff. Now there's just tents strung in between them. There's like um, uh, I'm not quite sure what they would use. Not quite trash cans, but there's trash can fires everywhere. People just trying to stay warm. Yeah. So is every death. Rachel just seems to get a bit further dispirited. Um, probably see her starting to just be at the saloon a lot, uh, drinking when she's not on duty. You know, she used to be like more sociable. She would like say hi to people in the streets as she walked through town. She doesn't really do that anymore. She's kind of withdrawn into herself. Even that mysterious stranger who she wanted to get to know. Oh, yeah. Arizona Red. Yeah, she's still coming about. You're honestly, none of you are quite sure what she does in town. She spends a lot of time in a lot of the various saloons. She tends to avoid, I think she probably avoids the Jacksonville Inn, um, whether that's because you hang out there a lot or some other reason you have no idea. Well, before Rachel was interested in getting to know her, and now it's like that interest is gone. She's become a bit harder, more closed off. Haru in his off time would be trying to spend time with you just to kinda kinda keep some camaraderie going, you know, and comfort. Yeah, and it's when she spends time with you probably that she's most like her old self. But it's like she walks around with this weight on her shoulders everywhere she goes. And so it's uh it's the end of January eighteen eighty five. And uh you're you're probably just waking up. You uh, do you sleep in one of the cells just casually? I mean, so there's room at the station. There's yeah yeah then there's yeah, room at the probably station. Probably she would just crash out in a cell. Okay. Yeah, you you get up and you're making coffee, you know, getting getting ready for the day's work when you hear uh, the unmistakable clump of uh, Sheriff Ross coming up toward up the the porch to the sheriff's office. He doesn't come in. He just kind of bangs harshly on the door and deputy yeah a little help in the stables please and he clumps off okay uh she'll pour herself a cup of coffee is there any food in the office no oh, okay even the coffee tastes a little rancid she's just gonna kind of wistfully look for breakfast and then see nothing just tighten her belt and go on outside to the stables uh the stable door is cracked open you, you pull it open and you, you step in in the light of the early dawn you see Ross standing there and he looks terrible uh, his shirt is just ripped to shreds he looks tired, he looks disheveled and there's an antler lodged in his chest and he just gives this really tired look and says can you get this out of me? son of a bitch Ross it's it's um it's wedged in there pretty good. I can't quite get the angle to rip it out. Uh, I'll try, but move away from Macario's blankets. Don't want to get your guts on them. Oh shit! All right. Uh, she will. <laughs> Macario, you're probably waking up to this horrific sight of Sheriff Ross standing over you with this this broken antler jutting from his chest, uh, which boy. may or may not be coming. A familiar sight. Uh, good morning, everyone. 
morning, Macario. Sorry to wake you up. It is fine. I see you are uh, making a point. <laughs> he uh, he gives us this really tired, deadpan look. Hey, uh, you you should appreciate my jokes. I don't make them as much as I used to. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm going to pull this out on the counter through you, Ross. I don't feel pain, so you do what you got to do. She'll just grab it and you get out then. Oh, that felt... That felt unnatural. Uh... Is that my heart? Is that your heart? <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, oh. put it back in. Oh, dear Lord. He stops you before you can put the antler back in his chest and he just grabs the heart off the, the tip of it and then holds it awkwardly, look, looks at it awkwardly with this, this look of like, oh my god, what the fuck have I become? <laughs> and then stuffs it back in his chest. It'll fix itself. Rachel's just giving him a look of horror. Uh, excuse me for a moment. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna crash in the corner over here. Don't let anyone in, and if you could bring me some meat, a couple pounds would be nice. Where, where are we gonna get a couple pounds of meat? It doesn't have to be fresh. Do you need somebody to... She'll just gesture at where she can probably still see his heart? No. Uh, I'm gonna sleep it off. Sleep it off. Right. Okay. Okay. Sleep it off. Sure. She's also still holding the antler. Yeah, the bloody antler. And she just kind of wanders out of the stable. Deputy? Public? The antler. Oh, she just drops it. Like, (laughs) Right. Try to have a good day. I'm uh, going to go take a dirt nap. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Is there rotten meat somewhere? Um, it's probably really expensive, but yeah. I, where would I go to get rotten meat? The butcher shop. Or the general store. You get salted meat. Okay. Yeah, I'll try the general store, I guess. Alright. You go to the general store. Um, it's, it's busy, because people are buying food. Um... So, like, a shipment just come in? Yeah, we'll say a shipment has just come in. People are, are buying food. Um, the prices are atrocious. But, sadly, you can't even say that the the merchants that are selling the food are making massive profit on this because their, their prices are up because it costs them that much to get the food in. So they're pretty much, they're financially, they're treading water. They're not doing any better than anyone else. And so it's going to cost you $100 to get some not fresh meat or, or rations or otherwise for Ross to heal with. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely pay $100 for that. Okay. Is there anyone else in the store who looks like they're like about to die, that they need food, and they don't have the money to buy it? There are people outside that look like that. Then she's going to also buy food for them. Okay. Uh, we'll say that'll be another 
$200, so 300 in total that you're spending. So yeah, as she leaves the store, um, you know, she's going to turn to like the family that's sitting out on the steps and just kind of, you know, thrust like a bag of a groceries bag of, on them. Yeah, and just be like, here, take this. And uh, they start to sputter. Actually, no, they're probably so hungry, they just take it. Like, they're past the point of pride. Yeah. They, they manage a thank you, and then they quickly take it and hustle off before someone can steal their food from them. Um, she'll head back to the office and, like, wrap the meat in paper or something, and then leave it hidden. Or not, like, by Ross. It'll just be there when you walk into the, the stable and peg Ross in the face with <laughs> yeah, it. With rotten meat. She'll just, like, leave it by his body. Okay. He's, like, murmuring under her breath, like, why, I, why me? And, uh, yeah, you walk into the office, and, uh, how's Billy Johansson doing amidst all this, this awful famine? He tries to keep a positive attitude. I mean, people claiming they're seeing monsters and whatnot. He just thinks it's the hunger striking them. Uh, oh, and he's seen his fair share of unexplainable. He still tries to keep that positive mentality. You know, like, I'll just wait. Spring will come and farms will grow and everything will be all right. Everything will right itself out. I think he's probably religious, so he puts a lot of faith in, like, God will make things right. So, yeah, Rachel, you, you walk back into the uh, the sheriff's office and there's Billy Johansson at his desk uh, pouring himself a cup of coffee. Does Billy know about Ross? No. So she'll say, uh, Ross is catching some shut-eye in the stables. Best not to disturb him. Right, right. He, the busy man, he needs it. We'll take care of anything that he might need us to do. How are you holding up, Billy? I'll be a right as rain as soon as it comes to spring again. This, this winter's causing a lot of terrible things. Hoping the farms will bring back some good crops this year. Yeah. Keep on praying. Well, you on patrol today? Or is it my turn? Um, I think it's my turn. Let me let me check the book. Yeah, it's my turn to do patrol. The book pretty much says every day is Billy's day. <laughs> I don't know if that's because Billy wrote it in there or because Rachel did. I don't know, actually. I feel like Rachel wouldn't shirk her work off onto Billy, so... You're, you, are, you do special patrol. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seems like every day is your day to patrol. You, sh- you sure? Uh, yeah, I mean, I might as well be doing something. I'd rather be doing something than nothing, you understand? Yeah, yeah. I understand. So he puts on his big heavy coat and put, you know, buckles on that ridiculously big ass gun that Ross gave him. Slings his regular rifle over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Tips his hat, puts a bandana over so he doesn't get the wind chill around the lips and the nose. And... So you're Billy Johansson heads on out to start his patrol. You're grabbing yourself a mug of coffee when you hear a another knock on the door to the sheriff's office. This is goddamn train station. What? Uh, is the sheriff available? No. Um, she'll open the door. You turn around, you see. Uh, a, a well-dressed man, uh, probably uh, getting on in his years, um, standing at the door. 
I'm the deputy. Ah, Deputy Kennedy, I've heard about you. I'm, uh, James, uh, Thornton? What did I write? It's a historical figure. Yep, James Thornton. Uh, what can I do for Mr. Thornton? Well, I, uh, I own the, the woolen mill up in Ashland. The Ashland Woolen Mills. And, um, well, I have a problem. And I was hoping the law could assist. Marshal out in Ashland can't assist you? Well, the marshal's dead. Or missing. Haven't really made a decision on that. Well? But given how many folk are missing, I'm hazarding a guess he's dead. God damn. I probably would know that marshal, huh? Uh, probably. I don't have a name for him. Jack was a good man. Marshal Jack Lewis. Sorry to hear that. What's, uh... What's the problem? Well, no one's showing up to work. That's the problem. I, uh... I know things are rough. I know it's cold, but... It's weird. I, uh... I feel like I have a good relationship with my employees. Make sure they're paid a, a fair living wage. And, um... Folk just stopped showing up to work. I know, I know some folk have gone missing. We've not been unaffected by that, but there's no protests. There's no rioting. There's no no demands. No one's asked me to negotiate. I don't. I don't know why people aren't coming to work. I suspect they're just hungry and starving like the rest of us. You ride out to any of their homes? I did. As a matter of fact, and them as would answer the door could not give me a satisfactory answer as to why they would not come to work. And it had nothing to do with hunger. Said something wasn't right with my mill. I just went southern there. I still don't understand where the law comes into this. Ain't no breaking any law to not go to work. Well, no, no, that's not, uh, that ain't, that's not why I want the law to get involved. I'm hoping that maybe these folk will be willing to, to open up and talk to someone with legal authority who who isn't their employer and maybe find out why they aren't coming to work. Do they want better wages? Is there something wrong with the working conditions? I can't make changes if I don't know. She's probably giving him this look like you rode all the way into Jacksonville to... I took the train, ma'am. That's not what she's saying. She's just, like, giving oh, okay. this weird look, like, you came all this way... Well, he took the train. ...to complain to me that your workers aren't coming in. Sure, like, there's local more, law enforcement's dead. There's more, like, pressing issues, like the fact that we're surrounded by fucking Wendigos who are killing us off one by one, and you're worried about your... More like five by five, but go on. <laughs> I, would, I would appreciate, and of course, I would recompensate the, uh, the law for, their, for stepping in. I don't need no compensation. No, I'm just but I'm worried about my employees and they won't talk to me. I don't know why. How about this, Mr. Thornton? I'll gather up a few of my deputies. We'll ride on out. We'll talk to your workers in exchange. You either bring over some money or supplies for the folk out here in Jacksonville. And I'll, of course, do what I can to help the people in this valley. Like I said... My workers don't tell me what's wrong. I can't make changes. Uh, can I get a read on him? Um, sure. 
Like, does he seem sincere? Yes. My take on him in this alternate history is that he's sincere. I have no idea if the actual historical figure was a good person or a shithead. It's not like the workers aren't coming in because he's, like, twirling his mustache. I mean, like... No. Ah, work for me. You're all... Like, he has a good reputation in the valley. He has a decent reputation. Like, you know, there have been times where people have pushed back and said, hey, we need better wages to keep up with the expense of living. You know, your your equipment is dangerous, and he's given them a pay raise. You know, he's negotiated. You know, he doesn't cave in to every single demand, but he definitely, like, hears them out. And compromises. He's and, a good and, boss. Yeah, he's a good boss. Alrighty, so she'll say, well, Mr. Thornton, I can't promise anything, but I'll ride on out and talk to some of your workers. Um, out of character question, do I have the power to deputize people in Ashland? Probably at this point. See about setting up some local law, then. Uh, that'd be good, I appreciate that. Where can I reach you? He gives you his address. Right. Well, there's anything else? Uh, that will be all. You get my mill running again, get these, uh, these people's concerns addressed. And, uh, that, that will allay my fears. You notice anything? She's just gonna pause and then say, Strange going on at the mill lately? Beyond. Oh, you know, just... Everyone's hungry. Hallucinations are caused by by intense hunger. Um, right. I've seen a few strange things lurking in the woods when I leave my house to go to the office and come home. But hunger I'm does. A, I'm a rational man. I I believe in in the ways of new science. Hunger does strange things to mind. It does. It does. And I'm sure that's all that's going on at my factory now. It's it's just you know I I do care for these people. Uh, they just won't talk to me. You see any other strange hallucinations by the factory? Now you mention it, I swear. Some, maybe maybe it's a prank or just just a figment of the eye. But sometimes I, I fancy there's some sort of gargoyle sitting on the eaves of the factory. That's strange. Yeah, that's what I th- that's what I thought. That's what I told myself. I wouldn't have mentioned it except you uh, you're bringing up. Strange hallucinations and perceptions of the eye. Well, it's possible if you've had these hallucinations, maybe your workers have to and they're keeping away. Hmm. Well, I do hope you will solve their fears. Is that the correct word? I'm pretty sure I used an incorrect phrase. Rich people say weird things. Seeing as it's morning, I'd be coming off my duty. Mm-hmm. So I'd have free time. Yep. Yeah, Lanway gives you uh, pretty much free reign at this point now. <laughs> you haven't spoken too much with her, I would imagine. No, I probably keep my distance unless she called me in. Actually, I'm, I'm on my free time. I'd probably check in with Rachel pretty okay. regularly. And I'd say uh, just as Mister Thornton is walking out of the sheriff's office, you walk in, sir. Chief, good day to you. I just, I just push the door open. No knocking, no nothing. Just, <laughs> Rachel. Rachel's like leaning over the desk, sipping like a mug of coffee, and she's like, "What? Oh, Haru. What was uh, that gentleman here for?" That was Mister Thornton. You know Jack Lewis, Marshall out in 
Ashland? Met with him once or twice. Yeah, he's dead. Not surprised. Uh, Mr. Thornton's concerned because his workers aren't showing up at his mill. Uh, kind of looks just like the, the arbitrary look to see if there's anybody passing by the window or whatnot. Well, we do have a, um, as the, the natives put it, Wendigo problem. Yeah, I suspect that's why they're not heading into work, but I'm going to have to go out to Ashland, see about replacing, getting some deputies made out there so that there's some law. Uh, you know I will help you. Might as well look into this while we're there. Mr. Thornton said in exchange he might be able to send some supplies out here. Everything's stretched a little thin, but we can do with a little more. Every bit helps. At this point, uh, you hear some Spanish cussing, and Macario uh, stomps up the wooden steps and opens the door to the sheriff's office. He's kind of holding his arm out, and you see he's got like a splinter or something in it. Uh, oh, I he- hello, Haru. I was checking the uh, barricade out on the east, and uh, storms all over the splinters. You all right? Yes. Uh, Darn it. Apparently this is my day. Come here. (laughs) Chill. Yank the splinter out of your heart. (laughs) (laughs) Is your heart attached to it? No. Oh, thank Uh, God. I am glad my heart is not in my hand, deputy. (laughs) I as well, Macario. Uh, Grabs a sheet from one of the, the beds in the cell. Tears it up and makes a little bandage for you. Thank you, Haruan. Uh, will you kiss it to make it better? <laughs> uh, oh, that is a do no. It. I can see from your face. Do it. Well, uh, good news, everyone. I think I am crazy because I. This is one of the happier days I have had in uh, in weeks. <laughs> I, I don't know. Other than the splinters, I, I feel. Splinters and seeing Sheriff Ross's heart ripped out of his chest on the end of an antler. Uh, and this morning was was not good. Um, it's very cold. It's extremely cold. Uh, but 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 my spirits are up today. And did did I interrupt something? Uh, were you talking? Oh no! Go ahead, Mukario. What what? Your spirits are up. There's something. Uh, oh, that is all. Uh, please continue. Oh, oh? you sure? I think at this moment, Daisy comes walking in. Come walking it's, in. It's awfully early for her, but, I mean, with the way things have been, you probably aren't sleeping that much heavy sleeper right now. No, or I'm sleeping at weirder times. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right. How y'all doing? Daisy, good uh, to see ya. Yeah, things in Medford have been all right. For, Which is to you know, say awful. Yeah, well, you know. Um, They've been normal. Yeah, yeah. Keeping it under control. Marshall Erickson, yeah, he's he's taking care of some things right now. So I thought I'd check on y'all, see what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> a quest hook. That's what's going on here. Well, we got a quest hook, Daisy, are you? <laughs> well, you, you mean you couldn't have, like, stopped in Medford on the way? I had to travel all the way out here to go past Medford to Ashland. What, what, what? <laughs> Uh, is there an afternoon train that leaves for Ashland? Uh, yeah. I think we'll probably take the train out to Ashland. I don't want to ride Oakley. Oakley is weak and thin and starving, probably. Yeah. And what is in Ashland? Well, probably more when D goes. What happened? 
Uh, we're gonna be investigating a mill, it sounds like. For Mr. Thornton. A mill? Uh, where they make wood? Is this yes? Oh, they do textiles. Yeah, we helped Mr. Thornton. The owner said he will send some supplies out to Jacksonville. Hmm. Well, that sounds worth doing it then. He wants us to talk to his workers and see why they aren't coming into work, which I suspect is because they're hungry and starving and terrified. But try telling that to a rich man. I tried to pass him off as a good guy. Yeah, but you made him rich. Damn it. Yes, and I do not know if I feel good telling people to go back to work when the danger is very real. I just want to make sure it's not something even worse than what we've already been dealing with. And I gotta set up a new deputy out there. There's no law. Jack Lewis died. The marshal. Oh, I, I never met him. He was a good man. She seems actually pretty sad by this news. Ah, oh, Jack Lewis. We mourn you, even though we literally just made up your name. Yeah, I remember when I lived in Ashland. He always used to come over to my house and find out what all the explosions were. <laughs> he was probably really cool about it, too. He was all right about it. Jack Lewis, coolest he marshal. He didn't tell me to stop. <laughs> Here's to Jack Lewis. Here's to Jack. We hardly knew you. <laughs> literally. Uh, if we leave soon we can probably catch the afternoon train into Ashland that is a good plan Kuhn is Kuhn is not doing so well well uh, let's go uh, wrap yourselves up everyone it's cold uh, yes it is cold a moment she's gonna write a note for Ross Okay. updating him on everything and then and pin it to his dead chest she'll leave it Somewhere where she know he'll find it, like, on his desk. On his desk, under his whiskey bottle. And probably while you're looking for that whiskey bottle, like, you open up his drawer and you see that ledger that he's always working on, that he's always kind of pretty squirrely about. Macario sees you eyeing the ledger. What does he put in his ledger? I think I saw him draw a stick figure once, but I do not know much else. I, I don't know. I think he just keeps accounts in it. Accounts of stick figures? Who knows how that man's mind works, Macario? I sure as hell don't. Here, let me take a look. Oh, I'm, I am illiterate. <laughs> She's gonna snatch you, that out of your you hand. You gotta and... open up and take a look. Yeah, just one little. Look. All right. Well, they might as well be stick figures. You, you've seen lettering. It doesn't look like it. It looks like some sort of writing, but it doesn't look like what you've seen before. Uh, is all. Not anything to me. She's going to kind of snatch the book out of her hand and snap it shut. And say, I'm surprised, Macario. It's none of our business. Well, is it a business ledger or is personal logs? I don't know. Uh, you could read it and find out. Disrespectful. I could. If he wished to share, he would share it. But it's his private business. It, it if Ross wanted me to know, he would let me know. <laughs> It could be a very right poetry. Poetry. poetry should be left to the man unless he wishes to share it. Do you write poetry too, Haru? I do. It's terrible. I know you can't hear me saying this, but oh my god. It don't even fucking rhyme. Rachel's blushing furiously as you guys talk about her writing poetry. Yeah. As far as you could tell, Macario, it was, it was just a bunch of weird looking stick figures. She's gonna put it okay. back in the drawer. 
All right, and so back in the drawer. We'll move on from that scene. Yep. You make it to Medford. Uh, no problem. It's a fairly uneventful walk. Um, you probably still see things lurking in the forest off in the distance. Um, actually, you know what you do see, and it seems to be ever-present. Uh, always watching all of you from a distance. You see that winged elk scold Wendigo. He's always like standing on a hill, head tilted to the side, watching. What happens if we were chased after him? It, he just like turns and walks away and disappears out of sight. Yeah, you make it to Medford. You're in Medford. You're at the rail station. As you're walking up to the station, you probably see Arizona Red uh, with Ezekiel Boone and a couple of others, lo- other locals um, walking towards the, the nearest saloon. Arizona Red has her usual swagger. Just head, I, yeah, Haru would just head to the train, you know, just looks at her, kind of gives a disregarding head shake, and then moves on to the train station. All right, so you get your tickets, you get on the train, um, and you head off to Ashland. Ride is... Is Mr. Thornton on the train with us? Oh, he probably is, actually. I might sit with him. Okay. And get more details of, like, where the workers live. Uh, yeah, you get that. They pretty much the na- neighborhood has sprouted up around the factory. You know, people came to the valley and built their homes kind of around where the factory, the the mill, uh, was located. So that way, they didn't have to like walk forever in a day to get to work, and then forever in a day to get back home. And yeah, that's pretty much all he get, he's got. Oh, I mean, we need to know where the workers live if we're going to go talk to them. Yeah. So. How long of a trip with the train from Medford to Ashland be? Not very long. No, not long at all. It's probably like a 20-minute ride. I mean, the train's probably not going at full power. It's probably going 15 miles an hour. Or we'd probably check on some of the... Just, like, show his badge as he's walking, checking on cars and stuff like that, waving. Yeah. Uh, it goes uneventfully. Uh, some people are kind of relieved to, to see the, the Iron Dragon chief of police checking on the, the train. You know, there, there have been some train robberies, and they've been... A little violent. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why he's he's doing that is to kind of show that you know, hey, we are concerned. We are trying to keep you safe. So here I am. You get off the train in Ashland, and you're standing on the station. It's a little more primitive than Medford. Um, yeah, there you are in Ashland. What you do? How's the town look? Are people meandering the streets? Not really. Um, it's it's a lot like uh, Jacksonville or Medford. Um, you know, people are you know they're they're if they go in the street, they're they're not lingering. They go just you know quickly to their destination. They don't interact with too many other people. Uh, there's snow on the ground. It's cold. You're all hungry. Actually, that reminds me. Everyone except for Haru, give me a vigor roll. Got a five. I too got a five. Raise. Raise. All right. So you aren't freezing. Now give me another vigor roll at negative two. Not a raise though. Got a success. Okay. Got a seven. All right. You're hungry, but you're not. Um, you're not quite at the point of starvation. I I, I succeeded after the second one. Oh, you added a d six. Yeah. So yeah, no no levels of fatigue. You're you're all hungry, but you're not starving. Um, and yeah, there you are. Uh, town seems pretty quiet, but perhaps we should check the sheriff department, see if there are clues. Yeah, I think 
maybe head to Sheriff's Marsh. Marshall. Oh, yeah, the Marshal's Marshall, office. Marshall's office. You head to the Marshal's office. It looks pretty abandoned. There's snow caked pretty heavily on top of the roof. There's snow in front of the door. I don't know how this goes, but I feel Rachel would know. Like, how do you go about deputizing someone? Hey, you, you want to be a marshal? Right? I mean, that's what I thought. I mean, you probably want to, like, not pick some random sh- right. schmuck off the street. Probably want to get a sense of character for someone. The marshal of a town, you need to talk to the mayor. Who? yeah. So, at some point, then I'd probably want to speak to the mayor of Ashland. Maybe not right now. I did not look that up. The mayor of Ashland's dead, too. <laughs> Poor guy. I got a solution for everything. He's dead. That was big news a few weeks ago. Uh, we should uh, check his his desk and see if he had notes or something, yeah? Sure. Yeah, is there any ongoing... Well, the door's locked. It's locked? It's locked. The mayor probably has the key. I, I thought I heard the mayor died a couple of weeks ago. What? The mayor died? I, I think so. I, I did not read the papers, but people were were talking about it. Well, if the mayor's dead and there's no law enforcement, who's running this town? I do not think anyone is running the town, deputy. I think that we should break this lock and see if there are clues. And I do not think anyone will come and arrest us. Well, they're not going to arrest us. not going to arrest myself. Rachel, who's starving to death, is going to try to shoulder open this door. What's your strength? A D4. How about Haru tries to strength? How about we all help you do this? I'm going to help you do this. I can blast it down if you want. Haru shoulders the door open, no problem. You would still like to have the door there, Daisy. Yeah, that's why I'm not shooting. I blew up my die. I I give you a plus two. A plus two? No, you don't need to roll. You don't need to roll. Haru's got it open. You you bust the door open. It'll have to get fixed, but hey. Uh, Inside, um, it looks like no one's been in there for at least a week or two. There is a rat. Who wants to eat it? Oh, we are eating that rat. See, like, the, the rat from Ratatouille, like, freeze and then scurry off. I feel like we should catch that rat and eat it. <laughs> That's food. I was not prepared for that adventure. Peru, <laughs> stop that rat from getting out. And suddenly this campaign is Valley of Mouse Hunt. <laughs> And practice your silly walk when you are chasing it. That could be actually a fun kind of game if you do it right. We're going to just gloss right over this adventure. <laughs> what do you do while you're in there and you're resting the rat? Oh, well, I, I think we'd look for anything that had to do with, with the mill, because that's where our predominant thing here is. But also, see if the marshal may have mentioned anybody in town who was kind of an outstanding or good citizen, because they tend to also keep kind of keep track of the empty people, too. See if there's any of them. Check the cells. Make sure there's no, no like papers on the desk saying. No, no. Make sure there's no bodies in the cells. Uh, check the papers on the desk and make sure that there's no like map of horrible haunted mine I'm gonna check out or you know. Yeah, something uh, like that. There's nothing like that. There's no frozen bodies in the cells either. Uh, you look through some of his papers and journals, and there's a couple of references to that Redgrave woman. Still haven't found any evidence, but I think she's super sketchy. Is there anything on the mill at all? Nope. Well, she's going to gather up any official-looking papers. Okay. I think we should head to the mill. 
like we are, we were asked to investigate that. We will find the person to deputize once we are done there. Yeah, I suppose so. After I finish this rat. <laughs> you finish your rat, you finish investigating the, uh, the marshal's office, and, uh, yeah, you head off to check out the mill. At what time of the day is it? Afternoon. Oh, okay, so there's still a couple hours of sunlight? Yeah. Do we want to go to the mill first, Haru, or maybe we should go talk to these workers? We can, well, the workers live around the mill, correct? Yeah. We will uh, be, uh, what's that word, phrase? Uh, killing two birds with one stone by just heading to the mill. Well, yeah, but we should, I think, talk to... You talk. I will listen. Okay. I'll talk to the workers before we just go into the sawmill. It's not a sawmill. It is a woolen mill, Rachel. We talked about this earlier. You walk towards the uh, Ashland Woolen Mill, and uh, it stands looming over the neighborhood around it. Um, it's a fairly well-developed neighborhood. Uh, you know, this is not like a, a tent city or anything like that. There's, there's all houses gathered around it. Everyone give me a notice roll at negative two as you come walking up. Seven, so five. Basic success. All right. So... Everyone else failed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As you're walking up, so there's little movement in the neighborhood that's grown up around the mill. You see only a few people returning hurriedly to their homes, doors slamming shut, and locks engaging. Um, several of the houses look neglected and abandoned, um, much like the marshal's office. You also, Rachel, you specifically notice, you look up at the mill, it's this, this like four or five story building that rises up above everything else around it totally dominates the neighborhood and sitting on the roof at first you almost uh, don't recognize it because it practically blends in with the uh the roof tiles itself but it's sitting there like knees up it's got its its wings curled around them almost looks like a person but it's definitely one of those um crow-like wendigo that you encountered it's just sitting there kind of observing the area She's going to kind of drop back so that she's walking, like, closer to Haru. And just say, don't want to cause a panic, but there's a creature on the roof of the mill. And she'll just kind of subtly gesture with her eyes. Haru would look slowly up at it. It takes you a moment or two to pick it out from the... uh the black color of the, the roof tile, but you see it. It's not really moving too much. It's sitting there. Like I said, it almost looks like a person sitting there with his knees up to his chest, arms curled around his knees, but their their wings instead of his big beaked heads just kind of like every now and then it cocks its head and looks around. Haru feels an inner, inner fire almost at, at watching it because he knows that it's a terrible monstrosity and it needs to go down, but he's afraid of if we do, like, shoot at it, it's going to call a lot more to this area. It seems to be not be bothered by our presence as of now. So I suggest that we be cautious, be aware of its presence, but we don't alert it. Don't make it alarmed for now. Or we're going to have a lot of lives on our hands. Let us 
go see if we can speak with some of the employees. Yeah, uh... Sure, but I think we found the reason why no one's going to that mill. think so. Is there anyone in the mill right now? The lights are off. Okay. I'd like to try to think of some way maybe we could blur it off that building away from these homes, their livelihood. It seems like it's waiting or watching for something. Let's see if we can speak with a worker, see how long it's been here. I agree. Let's wait to tell Macario until we're inside. Don't want him freaking out. <laughs> and she'll go to a door and uh, knock. There's no answer. She'll call out, Deputy? Deputy? It's Deputy Kenny. Anyone home? There's finally a muffled voice. The door doesn't open, but there's someone answers from behind. Uh, there's a woman's voice. Yes, what is it? Uh, heard about... Jack Lewis's death, just coming on in from Jacksonville to do a brief patrol. Checking to make sure folks are okay out here. I, I think you know the answer to that. Well, I don't. That's why I'm asking. Well, folk ain't doing too good. Folk are hungry. Yeah, that's, Anything in that's that. Anything particular? Oh, she's... Alright. She never answered open the door, yeah, so... Yeah, that's fine. Um, she'll go to the next door. Right. This particular house looks a little more abandoned, not maintained outside at least. None of the houses look super maintained right. outside. Yeah, if no one's home, she'll just keep knocking until someone opens the door or talks to her again. No one ever answers. That door? Yeah, then she'll go to the next house. That's what I meant. She'll All knock right. you on open doors. The door and it opens just a crack. Afternoon, ma'am. Mm-hmm. The deputy out in Jacksonville. Okay. Came on out to check on folks out here. It's right next to you. How are you holding up? <laughs> well enough. Anything in particular besides hunger? Cold? Yeah. Any danger? Don't really know how to say it, how to tell you. How to answer that. Well, it might be best if we came on inside and sat down and discussed it. I'd rather not. It's all the same. That's fine. She's. I'm not being threatening. Okay. Haru would interject rather abruptly does it have anything to do with something at the mill there's a flash of fear in her eyes and then she says I, I don't know what you're talking about and she you know, looks down at the ground I think you do for we can see something on the mill as well she looks up what there is something there You've you've been there? You've been inside? I haven't been inside yet. Just seen the outside. But there's something there. What is inside? I... I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's just... There's something wrong in there. I don't know. A ghost or a haint. The place is haunted. It's bad. It's bad. I'm not going back in there. How, how is it bad? I, I, we will go. We will go see. Tell us how. No, it is no, bad. no, 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 no. Don't, don't go in there. We will go. Tell us now, or we will go and not know. I, I don't know. I don't know. But people stop showing up for their shift, and um, in the morning. At first, we thought it was just the hunger. 
people were going missing all over town, all over the valley. And then um, and it started happening during the workday. Someone would go to the storeroom, get supplies, get more wool, get bobbins. And she just she shrugs. She looks pretty distraught. Her eyes are getting a little wet. Um, she's definitely pale in the face. They're just gone. No one's on leave. They didn't come back. And the storeroom, where is that? There's a couple of different storerooms. It didn't really matter which one. And then... and It started happening on the production floor. You look down at your work. You turn to grab something, and... I heard it once. It was... Like some sort of thudding noise. Real quick. And when I looked back up, Bobby was gone. Just gone. She was right there across from me. There's... I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but something... Something ain't right there, and I... None of us want to uh, go back. But... Mr. Thornton's a good man and all. He's a fair boss, but how do you tell... How do you tell someone who's always on about new science that something ain't right in his mill? Uh, you just do what you just did. Seriously. That's not, like, tell him something ain't right. <laughs> I have another suggestion. You find the thing that is not right, you kill it, and you show it to him. And she just gives you this, this totally um, flabbergasted, like, Ow. Kind of look, but she doesn't say that. You see those uh, guns at the deputy's hips? They make nightmares go away. Give me a persuasion roll. Seven. Um, you see, your words seem to reach her and allay her fears somewhat as she looks at, at Rachel's guns and then, you know, looks up at Rachel. And you've... Daisy's gun. Yeah, <laughs> your gun. Haru swords. Macario's cutlass that he's stolen from Kane. And Rachel, kind of describe your demeanor right now, because I, I feel like she's probably going to look to you as... Well, actually, to you and Daisy. I keep forgetting that Ed's playing a female character. I'd imagine Rachel is projecting tough competence. Like, oh yeah, we're going to go take care of this. It's well in hand. No shoulder squared. She's got that scar, you know, running across her face. Yeah. It's, she's seen hell and survived. And and you're probably also remembering Kane's words to all of you. That you, you are the ones that stand between those who don't know the weak and the innocent and the scary things. You should go talk to Sylvia. Sylvia? Yeah, she, she points in a direction. She lives on the edge of town. She's like you. What do you mean by that? She's never scared. I always use a good fighter by my side. Yeah. Well, if, if you're gonna go take care of whatever is in there, I, I'm, I'll, I'm praying for you. Thank you. A lot of folk are, are gonna be grateful. 
you hear any sounds coming from that mill, stay inside. Okay. No problem. No problem. All right. And then she closes the door. And you hear the, the locks engaging in. Click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. <laughs> That's a lot of locks. <laughs> That's fair. You hear a, a cabinet being shoved in front of the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? Shall we go... Go check out... What you call it? Sylvia? Sylvia. Yeah, you, you look around and you don't know if it's Sylvia's house, but one house definitely stands out on the edge of the neighborhood. It's small, but it's well kept. And uh, the yard around it shows signs of maintenance. Let's go to that house. Rachel's just going to point. All right, you walk up to it, unless someone's got an objection. No. Does anyone have the uh, occult skill? Yeah. Do not. I uh, knew. No. no? All right, go ahead and roll that occult roll. All right. Ah. Dice on the floor. Party foul. Move back ten yards. Yeah. Got a five. You, you're walking up, and you notice that this the surrounding this house are a number of um, what you recognize as like charms or wards, sort of occult sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. She seems to have some protections from evil and stuff like that. Hmm. Maybe she knows about the Lemurians and they've taught her some things. You know what, Daisy? Maybe. <laughs> that is a possibility. Anything's I'm not, possible. I'm not willing to rule anything out. You're... Okay. I know I call you a stick in, stick in the mud and all, but you don't actually have to humor that. After all that I've seen, I don't really... It's not really humor that. It's more of a... If that's if this is possible and that is possible, that is possible. You know, that's fair. That's a fair point. I don't know. I haven't run into anything like that here in the hunting grounds. But that's fair. Sure, why not? I'll fucking believe in the Lemurians too. So what are you doing? Daisy points out there's like a couple of charms and wards and stuff. Are they... Dangerous? Hopefully not to us. Let's go say <laughs> hello. You walk up to the door. Knock, kitty, knock, knock. Yeah, I think I'd knock still stay door. back by the the gate or whatever you know, like that's uh, for little garden area. I'd probably stay back by there just to kind of yeah, kinda... probably because uh, a whole group of armed people right at the door probably isn't the most comforting thing. Yeah, it's, he's probably more of keeping an eye on the at the mill, just kind of like you knock at the door, and after a moment, the door opens, and you see uh, a woman at the door. She's fairly attractive, actually. She's got uh, brown hair. She kind of opens the door, looks at all of you, and slams the door shut right in your faces. Mm. The guy gets a surprised look and clam. Does she say anything? No. Nice talking with you. We'll just be on our way then. Heading to the mill. Yeah, a moment later after you say that, like the door opens and um, she steps, you know, she, she, she opens it a lot, you know, completely. She doesn't invite you in, but she's standing in the doorway and uh, you all can see her. She's, uh, she's dressed, she's not wearing like a dress. She's wearing uh, pants, but she's not, she doesn't look like she's armed. She's not holding like a rifle or anything. Um, but just, you're what? 
we are about to go in the mill. Uh, I wanted to see if you would help us out before we go and get snatched by ghosts or whatever is in there. We heard from one of the workers that you were reliable. Who said that? I didn't catch her name. Uh, and who do you think I am? Sylvia, hopefully. <sighs> yeah, that's me. Sylvia Redgrave. What's your business with the mill? Mr. Thornton asked us to look into why workers weren't coming in. Came on out here and... Saw something up on the roof. Maybe you've seen it? I... I haven't seen anything. I know there's something lurking in the mill. It's, um... You know... She basically tells you the same story that everyone else has told you. Well, whatever's in there, we aim to kill it. That's so. Restore the mill to order. Well, I wish you luck with that. Could use your help if you're handy in a fight. I, Deputy, I, I don't, I don't really know who you think I am. We'll pay I'm you. just a seamstress. And uh, did you sew this together? Macario holds up like some intricately crafted, like magical artifact that is somehow like protecting the zone. <laughs> you hold up one of the charms she's got set up around her house. It's very impressive sew work. Wouldn't the mill be important to a seamstress too? It is. I, uh, I don't know what my garden decorations have to do with the mill. Uh, what did you call this one again, Daisy? You said it was a charm of uh... protection. Well, shit. <laughs> Look, Sylvia, I'm being straight with you. There's something in that mill that's terrorizing and taking workers. We're gonna go in, and we're gonna kill it. Then you're gonna die. Do you know what it is? I... I don't. It's... a ghost? It's a thing... I don't rightly know. But it can... <sighs> Alright. Yeah. You know, I, I know a thing or two about things ain't natural. And I'd appreciate it if you put that back. Please. Uh, I, I will, I will. I, I'm sorry. Making a point. <laughs> Did you learn all this from the Lumerians? What? That's where I learned... Uh... My my technology from. No. 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 I, I don't know what that is, but no. They're the people in Mount Shasta. Uh, yes. Uh, you have told us so much about them. Uh, yes, the Lemurians. Uh, yes, so this ghost, uh, what is that, please? I don't know if it's a ghost. Um, look, I've, I've heard stories about you. You're the sheriff's posse, right? You're the ones he sends on the unexplainable missions. Is my badge not visible? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying as Rachel, but just as an out of... Like, I would have my badge showing. Yeah, but you don't have, like, supernatural deputy on on your badge. You just have a deputy's badge. We need new badges. <laughs> deputy spec ops. Yeah. <laughs> things... Weird things happen. You're the ones that... Sheriff Ross sends out. So, you know that things ain't always what they seem out there, right? And you've got open minds. Right? 
as open as the ocean. Yeah, the stuff out there has opened up our minds so much that we can never close them again. Well, I've seen things. And I, um, I know a thing or two. And I'm only telling you this because you've seen things. And you're all very heavily armed. I want to be clear. I am not threatening you. You are in no danger. That's good, because uh, even if you were, I wouldn't be. You, um, you ever hear of Black River Rail Lines? They ain't doing so well since uh, Wasatch won the rail wars, but... I know of them. Not super familiar with them. Uh-huh. Well, you ever hear of the Wichita Witches? Yeah, I've heard of that gang. Haru, you've also heard of the Wichita Witches, but you've also heard, and perhaps know, if not from direct experience, you've heard and talking to other folk that have been involved in the Rail Wars. They're actually witches. They're an all-female gang of murderers and robbers who ostensibly work for Black River, but, you know, not directly, not openly. And they're all bona fide witches. Hmm. I've heard of them. Witches. Uh, They use dark dark magic? Magic. Yeah, we did. Sylvia, a moment ago I said I was no threat to you. Has that changed, deputy? Has it? Well, I guess it depends on you. I'm telling you this. Because I put that life behind me, and now there's something that's bigger and badder threatening this town, this neighborhood. You mean the ghost, or something else? Whatever it is. I don't know if it's a ghost. I don't believe it's a ghost. Ghosts don't take people. Whatever this is, it's taking people. What do you think it is? A monster of some sort. One that, if I've guessed right, and I emphasize guess, can move through walls and tangible, much like a ghost can. So I can understand why folk might mistake it for that. You're worried about that thing sitting on the roof. That ain't it. I don't know what that is. We have dealt with them before. Hmm. I have a powder, a concoction, that I think will force this thing to manifest and prevent it from ghosting, if you will. There's just one tiny little drawback. That is? It's toxic to breathe. Oh. Hmm. That would be a problem. Would tiny bandanas run in our mouths or something protect us from this? No. I, um, I had to use some really nasty stuff that Ben hasn't come up with, but it's really bad. Asbestos. It's asbestos. M-E-K. Methyl ethyl ketone. And you think this will stop it from leaving? Stop it from going through walls? From phasing out, yes. How long does it affect the air? Well, it depends. I have... I have brewed enough to make a few small pouches of it that I can that can be thrown and uh, will disperse fairly quickly, but maybe keep it 
phased in our world long enough to hurt it. And it should disperse quickly enough that it should have minimal negative effects on us. Or Mr. Thornton had the uh, the mill retrofitted with ghost rock equipment. The thing about ghost rock is it gives off fumes that ain't so great to, to, to inhale. I'm what? I'm sure you would know nothing about that, uh, miss. I kind of like the smell. Uh-huh. Is that when you, uh, you see the Lemurians? I, I actually haven't seen them. I've only, like, learned of their teachings. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Ghost rock fumes are bad. So Mr. Thornton engineered a ventilation system to draw the ghost rock fumes away from the machine so that his workers wouldn't inhale them and, you know, die. Is there a way we can use the ventilation system to both spread this stuff around the entire factory to find this monster? Maybe. It requires technical knowledge that I don't possess to re-engineer the ventilation system. We do have a scientist. Yeah. Seems to me that the best solution would be for you to come to the mill with us. Uh Uh-huh. Something goes wrong with these pouches. You'd be uh, I on wouldn't hand. trust you with this, no. Oh, I'm glad we're on the same page. I'm only telling you all this because I've heard the stories. I left the witches because I was getting tired of seeing innocent people getting hurt. So, I'll help you because these folk don't deserve this. I've lived here a couple of years and I've never seen a winter like this. I don't know what happened. But none of these people deserve this. It's a really broken expression just crosses across Rachel's face. Like, she just looks so, not guilt-ridden, but just, she doesn't really have anything to say to that. She just kind of coughs and says, gotta make it right. Well, I need to gather some things. Make a little bit more of the powder. It's going to take me, like, 15 minutes. Oh. I thought you were going to say, like, a couple of hours. Um, I'd appreciate some privacy. And, uh, unless you all try some shenanigans... I'm keeping an eye on the creature. On the... What creature? No, you said it! Fucking hell. She's gonna, kind of gesture to Haru, unless if you're right next to her. Did Haru happen to see it leave, or was it when he was distracted for a minute? It was while y'all were talking to Sylvia. (sighs) That is unnerving. It... I don't know if they can communicate with the big one, but it might be keeping an eye on us for the winged one. It seemed to be very aware of us. Constantly watching. Then we should finish things quickly and get back home. And then the the door to Sylvia's house opens and she comes walking out. She's uh she's got a duster on and she's got a, a wide brimmed hat on. Kinda kinda a little bit like daisies, but canvas instead of leather. And she's got a what no, it is not a witch's hat. <laughs> Uh, she's got a big iron on her hip and a whip coiled on the the other side. A whip? A whip. 
Rachel probably pales a little bit looking at that whip. And, uh, yeah, she's got, like, a uh, couple of other, like, she's got a satchel and, 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 uh, stuff, but, well, are we ready? Let's go monster hunting. Yep. Ready as I'll ever be. Perfect. Let's go kill some scary shit, huh? Thank you, listeners, for joining us for this latest episode of Valley of Famine. Deadlands Reloaded and Savage Worlds are the property of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Sound effects are provided by Plate Mail Games, music by the Eaglestone Collective, and elk calls are courtesy of the Yellowstone National Park Services. You can find links to all of these in the show notes. Once again, thank you. I hope you all have a wonderful whatever time of day it is you're listening to this, and we'll catch you next time. make a lot of jokes half of half the time you don't make any jokes haru you're a fucking stick in the mud that's why i had to take over when we helped makario do that children's show oh yes that people laugh when i say things though those are not jokes no they don't They, they they laugh at you because you have no humor I mean, I, I guess they don't really laugh at you in a mean sort of way. I laugh at you in a mean sort of way. You laugh at everyone in a mean sort of way. Yeah, that's stating the obvious. But, no, they ain't laughing because what you said was funny. I see. I will have to attempt at being funny. Oh, God. I want to see this. All right. If only I could get myself some sort of, like, demonic popcorn or something. Oh, hold on a second. I'll be right back. I know someone. I am going to watch you, Makario, and learn how to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with me, Haru, and you will have no problems. Okay. <laughs> that was the best. Actually, everyone go ahead and take a mini right now for just the various role-playing we've done.